Welcome back, guys. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We are studying the book of Acts, and we are not saying anything about the quiz at the moment. Uh, we're just moving right along. Because the quiz be. has been snapped up by a nine-year-old girl who got it before Lyle got it, and she got two prizes. Congratulations, Chloe from Ginger. I'm going to be talking about this for a month. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> she gave the right answer up to Lila and I think I'm, I'm super gonna, I'm excited. Think, I think we need to have some I think, think I think we need to have Lawson back in here for the next month. <laughs> you get this out of your system, in a month I'll be gone for two weeks, don't you worry about that. <laughs> I'll have a break. But yeah, we're sending we're sending you <laughs> surprises, Chloe. We are sending you a copy of Melissa Otto's album. Um, and we're also sending you a copy of the storybook by Uncle Arthur, which is mm. super cool. We love them. There you go. Very good. So we are in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not going to move too far, uh, don't worry. No. <laughs> Chloe's amazing. Just uh, absolutely amazing. But anyway, let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 13. And we're going to read here from verse 1. We actually skipped over this bit, you know that one? We did. We, we missed a little chunk and we're going to go back and click it. You guys it. did a bit of an overview on the day before and I was like, now where are we up to with our Bible <laughs> study? But anyway, I was going to say this uh, because uh, a listener um, a listener mentioned that uh, – a cu- couple of things a listener mentioned actually. Um, one of them was in relationship to the book of Acts. And you know how we've been talking about Paul? Yeah. And how Paul goes to uh, the desert for three years. Mm-hmm. And then he makes his his defense of being an apostle, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, of course, that's based on the Damascus Road experience where he saw Jesus. And you know, some people are a bit sus about the fact that um, he only saw Jesus for a few seconds, where other other apostles, you know, spent three years with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. How long, how long was he in the desert for? Three years. Uh, yeah. You see, yeah, see. No, I see. And one of our listeners actually um, uh, mentioned that. And uh, that the, he actually spent just as much time with Jesus as the apostles did, because you know when he went out to the desert, you know he wasn't just studying his Bible; he was communing with Jesus out there. Isn't isn't there like a phrase people say about like they're having their wilderness experience? Is this what this is referring to, or is that referring to the Israelites? Um, it refers to the Israelite. No, it's not this one. Okay, okay. Yeah, it refers to the Israelites. Um, either the Israelites or the um, experience that Jesus had in the wilderness of temptation. Oh, okay. Is, but there's some sort of phrase they use when they describe how Paul, like, you know, he dipped off the face of the, the earth. The Damascus Road experience they talk about. No, they, I don't know. I, I remember yeah. hearing one when I was in Bible college. <coughs> but I thought, it was a, I thought it was a really good point. It's that, true, um, yeah. And, and, and along with that, you know, one of the thoughts that was going through my mind is that when you're in a small group Bible study, Mm-hmm. You often get people bring out points like this that you just haven't thought you miss, of. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, it's, it's just something so hadn't thought of that. And, uh, and and here's a great thought, and it's like, yeah, why don't we um, why don't we share this? And it, it, it highlighted to me that you can go anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. and you can find people who are studying this chapter of the Book of Acts this week. That's right. So if you are listening in and you have a great thought and you're like, oh, I'd like to share that and you're too shy to share it on the radio, why would you be too shy to share it on the radio? But anyway, if you're too shy to give <laughs> us a call, then uh, then why don't you give us a call and we can direct you to one of those small group Bible studies where you can sit around and study Acts chapter 13 and Acts chapter 14 in a small group setting. You can contribute your ideas and your thoughts. You can ask your questions. You can hear other people's answers and swap that information backwards and forwards. Uh, we can set that up for you. Just give us a call on 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. And we can find a small group Bible study in your area on this subject because there are 
20 million people around Indeed. the world who are a part of this Bible study movement and you can join that movement. And actually studying the Bible together as a group is one of the, like <coughs> life's sweetest joys. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and being able to pray together and like you said, like everyone reveals like a little bit of like a little golden nugget of something that they they bring to the table, like their personality, their character, you know, and, and the Lord reveals different things to different people. And so when you sort of like pull your resources and combine everything you've learned, it's, uh, it makes for like a just a wonderful experience. I'm glad you said a golden nugget. Yeah, <laughs> because I talked about a nugget one time, a nugget of truth, and some people had a very different kind of nugget in yeah, their mind. Yeah. Okay, now we're moving right along. So Acts chapter thirteen and verse. Ah, before we get there, before we get there, I've got more to talk about before I get there. Go on, wait, wait, go wait, on, wait, go wait, on. wait, wait. So we were just um, in our news segment a little while ago. We were talking about um, you know victims of abuse and uh, particularly clergy-based abuse, and I did want to mention this um, once again. One of our our, oh, yes. um, our listeners mentioned that this would be worth mentioning, and that is promoting uh, you know, for those people who you know have suffered abuse. And when we talk about it like this and is on air, they might find it traumatic. That um, to call Lifeline one three one 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 four or thirteen eleven fourteen is the Lifeline number. If you have suffered abuse, um, if you are struggling with issues in relationship to that, or really anything else, you know, this is um, yeah. you know, crisis support, suicide support, anything like that, then uh, that's the number to call is 13 11 14, and there are people there to help. Yeah, because I sometimes hearing someone talk about it um, openly, it, it kind of empowers people to say, you know what, this happened to me and I've never told anyone and I want to talk about it now. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, you know, if, if that's happened and we've facilitated that, then we want to further f- facilitate, um, you know, healing and therapy and, and closure and justice. Mm-hmm. So definitely give Lifeline a call if that's been the case. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Okay, so now we can go to Acts chapter 13. I'm already there, Lyle. Are you already there? Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> read, read for us then, read for us. Okay, among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man. That sounds um, a bit um, treacherous to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, um, I wonder whether that was Simon of Cyrene. I wonder. I wonder. Was, because he was a black man as well. Was Cyrene like a region of black people? It's Africa. Oh, oh there you go. There yeah, you go. So it was... Um, uh, Lucius from Cyrene, Mananian, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day, as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Hmm. Hmm. So there you go, ordained to go out and take the gospel um, to the world. Does that mean nobody should do any kind of ministry unless they've had this sort of an ordination? No, because they were already doing ministry there in Antioch and they hadn't had that or that kind of ordination. Oh. Um, you know, Paul had not had that kind of ordination previous to this, but it does it does give a biblical precedence. You know, when we send somebody to do a specific job in a specific place, we gather around them and we lay hands on them and mm-hmm. ordain them to that particular work. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just amazing. It's it's fantastic. It's a nice send off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's the way we, I think it's appropriate, and it's the way we should do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we shouldn't just ordain people when they become deacons, elders, pastors, and so forth. We mm-hmm. should, you know, if they're becoming a missionary or they're going off to do a particular work somewhere, let's get around them and pray for them and and lay hands on them and and uh, yeah, this is a biblical courage model. and support. Yep. Okay, so the first great missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. Here is where it all begins. Yes, yeah, this is the kickoff. 
Okay, where did we get up to in that passage? Uh, that was all the way up to verse 3 we read. Okay, let's keep going a bit longer. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Oh, by the way, I should, I should just point out and, and highlight the fact that you know, they recognized a need here mm-hmm. and they had a number of people that they could choose from, but they fasted and prayed before they made that choice. That's true. It's you know, very they, could, they could have sent any number of these people, but they fasted and prayed and then they made their selection. And this is a great biblical model for any sort of um, decision-making is to consult God. You know, pray, ask him. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to keep reading. Yes. Uh, chapter, uh, Chapter 13, verse 4. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia, and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. Been there. There in the town of... You've been to Cyprus? I have been to Cyprus, and it's amazing. When did you go to Cyprus? Two or ten years ago now, Lyle. Cyprus? Yeah. That's a random place to go. I have um, oh, no, wait. thought of going to Cyprus. I beg your pardon. I've got that mixed up with Crete. I have not been to Cyprus. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I always get those two mixed up, Cyprus and Crete. So Crete's an amazing place. Crete's an amazing place, yeah. I think yeah. Cyprus is an amazing place as well. I just haven't been yeah. there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Doesn't the Bible say that um, Cypriots are liars? Does it? Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. You're going to have to now. There's some racial profiling here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's just like <laughs> You're going to have to look it up for the next break it's and not, tell us all about it. Not the way it is. <laughs> I, will, I will look up the, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm, what the Bible says about cre- cre- cretins. <laughs> this is getting worse, Mon. Okay. There in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. Afterwards, they travelled from town to town across the entire island until they finally reached Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Okay, this is interesting because here you've got a individual who shares the same name as Jesus. The real Jesus. But he has a very different mission and a very different ministry. He is a false prophet, and mm-hmm. the Bible says that he is a sorcerer, something the Bible absolutely condemns. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so we've got this uh, individual by the name of Bar Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let's find out about this other Jesus, the other Jesus that there is in the Bible. It's, it's interesting. And, uh, that one. A sorcerer. He's like a fake Jesus, and it's funny that he's, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> okay, Bar Jesus, where we. Verse 7. He had attached himself, Bar Jesus, that is, mm-hmm. to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, as his, that was his name other is name. in Greek, yep. okay, so by Jesus or Elymas, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Paul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, You son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Immediately, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Okay, notice Whoa. notice what happens here. The thing that astonishes the governor 
is the, the teaching, teaching of, of the Lord. It's about the teaching yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. You know, it certainly caught his attention that uh, the sorcerer Elimus, got the sorcerer, sorcerer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The sorcerer got um, was blinded, but yeah. the thing that really impacted him was the teaching about the Lord, uh-huh. and that's the way that it always should be. Um, rather than basing our whole experience on the supernatural, which obviously the governor had up until this point, yeah, you know, because this man is a sorcerer, he's a bad Jew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is. He is not oh, a. So good he was Jew. a Jew. You he was a Jew. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was Jew. Yeah, by so Jesus, he would have Jewish fully name. known what he was doing was wrong. Absolutely. And the yeah. Bible speaks about this. We read this the other day when somebody asked about tarot cards. Mm-hmm. And Moses addressed this issue very, very clearly back in the book of Deuteronomy. Let's just find it for you real quick. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 18, where it says this, When you have come into the land which the Lord your God gives to you, you shall not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Now, there are a number of things in the Bible that the Bible calls an abomination. That's strong language. Mm-hmm, very. <clears throat> but notice this list here. There shall be not there shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. So child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much an abomination, wouldn't you say? Oh, it's horrendous. And notice what God links with child sacrifice. Or that uses divination. Mm-hmm. Or an observer of times, that is astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, and numerology and um, you know people going off your, your birth date and all this kind of stuff. Um, and your tea observer leaves. Observer of times, your mm-hmm. tea leaves, yeah. Or an enchanter. Mm-hmm. Or a witch. Crystal balls. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits, a spiritualist, or a wizard or a necromancer. Oh. For all that do, these things are an abomination under the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God does drive them out from before you. And so these people were to be expelled from the land. They weren't allowed to be in the land. And, of course, Elamis the sorcerer would have known very much, you know, by Jesus the sorcerer would have known, you know, very much what the Bible says right here. This is the books of Moses. And out of all the Bible, these were the parts of the Bible that were held in the in the highest esteem. And so, um, you know, knowing this, understanding this, he, uh, he has decided to go down a different path and to turn over to the dark side. It, it's, it boggles my mind that you can have so many signposts saying this is the wrong way, this is the wrong way, this is the wrong way. I still continue down that path. And then get really, really upset when somebody who is your friend and confident is heading the opposite way. I think that there might have been some financial gain involved in this story here. So this governor couldn't have been Jewish because if he was Jewish, (coughs) he would have known that what this guy was doing was wrong, right? Well, not necessarily. Uh, He may have been um, a non-Jewish person who recognized that this person, you know, by Jesus was against his own religion, but just, you know, liked it. Yeah, because, I mean... Hey, I know I, I know quite a number of people who uh, are pagans, mm-hmm. and I know quite a number of people who uh, practice witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, they're really nice people. Yeah, you know, generous, nice. You know, just yep. good people. Love to mm-hmm. have them in my home. All mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, have no problem hanging out with them, uh, but strongly disagree with them. You know, mm-hmm. you can disagree with. You don't have to agree with somebody. Let's get along. To uh, to, to to be friends with them, mm-hmm. and we should, mm-hmm. as Christians, be friends with everybody, and. You know, these are these are people who endeavour to do a lot of good. But the Bible says that you know the their source of power is the dark side. And what I have noticed is that the devil has no love for his own, and it never goes well for these people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I have never seen anyone mess up their life by following Jesus. I've never seen anyone make a success of their life long term by following Satan. Yeah, and Satan on the short term, yeah, he'll give you all kinds of stuff, but it always ends up badly. Mm-hmm. 
It's true. Yeah, it's true. And, of course, for Elimus the Sorcerer, a little bit sooner rather than later. Yeah, very much. Uh, when Paul turns up. Because, of course, here, you know, he's you've, you've got two competing philosophies that are taking place in the, uh, in, you know, with, with the, with the uh, governor here, where the governor is hearing something new and he's like, okay, I've been following this path over here. But, you know, the story about Jesus actually sounds very, very compelling. Mm-hmm. You know, the story of the resurrection, this is, this, is, this is pretty powerful stuff. The story of, you know, somebody who gives their life for my sins, you know, I can freedom from guilt and from, you know, all of these things. And uh, it's, a, it's a compelling testimony that Paul is sharing. And so he's very tempted to agree with it. But then, um, you know, <coughs> Elimus the sorcerer sees, his, sees his, um, his means of support about ready to dwindle away and to disappear and so, as a result of that, he um, he he comes back hard. He's um, he's not so happy to lose lose the governor's support in this instance. It's it, it's incredible that he managed to get so higher up higher up in in that society. Yeah. Even. Well, you know, in a pagan society, it's not so hard because there's not a big difference between paganism and sorcery. Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, sorcery was very much a part of you know the pagan religions of those times. And within Greek culture, what was interesting was you know you had your um, <coughs> your Greek gods, your Titans and your Olympians, and your two families of, of gods, and uh, you had various levels with which Greek people worshipped those gods. And so you had some people who were very superstitious mm-hmm. and who were very devoted to those gods. You had another level of Greek society that were atheists, and they saw that these gods as being sort of a personification of various character oh, traits. That, uh, okay. but they were actually atheists, and they believed in the process of evolution. Um, and so, very, very similar to today. Yeah, there's a lot of people today who say, "Yeah, you know, basically, I'm a Buddhist," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they like the Buddhist philosophy rather than because they actually believe in Buddha himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessary to believe in Buddha to be a Buddhist. It mm-hmm. is necessary to believe in Jesus Christ. To be a Christian. To be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, two very different. Even though there are some Christians out there who are like, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in God. Uh, but this is a great philosophy to live by. Mm. You know, it's just. It just but the Ten Commandments are nice and that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all nice. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll pretty much make up whatever I want to feel uh-huh, like uh-huh. making up. And if it feels right and it looks right and I don't think I'm hurting anyone, then I'm in good shape. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Um. And so you had this in, 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 in the ancient world, but obviously the governor, he was somebody who was um, both superstitious, but also at the same time a believer in God. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you know, you've got um, this guy who comes along and he's like, I can do supernatural things. I can you know, be in contact with spirits. Um, I'm a sorcerer. You know, he can, he can do spells and so forth. And so the governor, he, yeah, he's fully into this. Yeah, which would have bewitched the people. Yeah, it's would, a little yeah. bit like uh, Nancy Reagan. You know, she was into that kind of stuff as well. Oh, she was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I had no idea. She looked up the history on Nancy Reagan. She, was, she dabbled in spiritualism and, mm-hmm. and she was at a very high level, you know, um, first lady of the United States for a couple of terms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she's not the only one, you know, in modern times who uh, you had the, uh, was the president of Korea. Who um, became involved in spiritualism? Oh. So this is, you know, this is a story that is still being told today in modern times, and the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel is still setting people free from these kinds of things today. That just tells me that all kinds of people, powerful, you know, people, political people, they're all searching for answers. I, we have a God-shaped hole in yeah. every one of us. Because I truly believe that's the root cause why people get into spiritualism. They're looking for answers. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And they, they, they are usually looking with an honest heart. Mm-hmm. It's just that the devil, you know, will Bewitches deceive people yeah. where he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, if they maintain that honest heart, then God is going to lead them to truth. There's mm-hmm. no question about mm-hmm. that whatsoever at all. Um, you know, we make our own decisions at times and sometimes our own decisions take, take us down a wrong path. But, you know, if you find yourself on a, on a wrong path today involved in spiritualism and, uh, you know, sorcery or wicker or, you know, one of these religions, then you need to investigate Jesus Christ. And God will set you free just like he set this Absolutely. governor free. Absolutely. Yeah. This yeah. governor is a prime example of somebody who gave their life uh, to Jesus Christ and who experienced both sides, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is Melissa Rotto with Enjoy the Sunshine. with Enjoy the Sunshine here on Faith FM. We are back with Paul and Barnabas on their first intentional missionary journey that we have recorded in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So I guess the difference that we have you know, up until this point, missionary endeavor has been carried out as a result of immigration and persecution. Persecution basically driven immigration. Yeah. Yep. Whereas now they've sat down and said, hey, you know what? We should actually go on a missionary journey. 
And they've begun that missionary journey in Cyprus. And, of course, that has been incredibly successful for them because they have uh, ended up preaching to you know, the governor of the island and uh, having a powerful effect there. And you've got this whole story of Elamus the sorcerer. Where, what verse are we up to? We are up to verse 13. Chapter 13, verse 13. Oh, we read verse 13, did we? <clears throat> uh, no, I'm about to read it. Oh, okay. I mean, do you want me to read it? Why not? <laughs> Paul and his companions then left Paphos by ship for Pamphylia, landing at the port town of Perga. There John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. But Paul and Barnabas travelled inland to Antioch of Pisidia. Pisidia, and of course we were talking about Antioch of Pisidia yesterday and the two <coughs> Antiochs and the roles that they had in the history of, the, of early Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so... Okay, so what we need to note here is what John Mark does. What does he do? You just read it. Oh, he left them. Yeah. And he returns to Jerusalem. Uh-huh. So he abandons ship. He abandons ship. Uh-oh. He's like, I am out of up here. here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was as a result of uh, basically he got fearful. Oh, he did? Yeah. So you've got these two, you got, you've got these two uh, experienced missionaries. Uh, even though this is the first intentional missionary journey, you got two experienced preachers, and they decide to take along with them a an understudy, okay, an apprentice, yep, um, somebody to mentor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John Mark, mm-hmm. and he's a wuss, mm-hmm. a serious wuss, uh, and, and you know they haven't really, maybe they haven't really faced young. any level of, like, of course he was young, young and scared, you know, and inexperienced. Yeah, he was a wuss. <laughs> You sound like a Paul right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy is a serious wuss. He is. He is. He gets scared, and they haven't even faced any serious persecution yet. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, they had a little bit of conflict as they've gone through the island of Cyprus, but seriously, compared to what they face in the future, you know, God is 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 beginning them with gently, gently, and this young kid is like, I am out of here. The anticipation was too much for him. Yeah, which is unusual because most of the time you get uh, young guys who are 10 feet tall and bulletproof and sometimes with my boys I wish they had more fear rather than less. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they have that don't, even, don't even like to think about some of the st- stuff they've done. Yes. Yeah, some yeah. of the stuff. That, yeah, but like but that is one of the best things about youth is having that invincible feeling. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah. And I remember being that age and thinking, it's impossible. Anything, I mean, it's impossible for me to die. And then one or, once or twice I got nearly died. And yeah, and then you start to realise. Ooh, <laughs> my goodness, that makes you think about your mortality. Yeah, you walk a fine line. Don't but you? John Mark was obviously not this kind of person. Either that or he didn't like travel or what it was. We, we yeah, don't really know something. a lot of the details. Yeah. But we do know this, that later on in the story we're going to come back to John Mark because they decide to go on a missionary journey again and they're going to take some apprentices with them again. And Barnabas is like, let's take John Mark. And Paul's like, no way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, one strike, you're yeah, out. Yeah. You know, you, you ditched us uh-huh. uh, when we went, before we went to Antioch of Pisidia. And uh, and went home because uh, you got scared. And we're and not going to so rely on you we again. Are, we are not going down that path again. We're going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find someone we can rely on. And Barnabas is like, no, we're taking John Mark. And Paul's like, no, we're not taking John Mark. And Barnabas is like, no, we're taking John Mark. And the Bible says, you know, because you've got these two great missionaries mm-hmm. that had done so much work together and seen so many adventures together and had so you know seen the power of God so much, the dispute the Bible says becomes so sharp Uh-oh. between them. Mm-hmm. You know, so here we see some humanity coming through. It becomes so sharp between them that they uh, go their separate ways. Oh no way! Mm. But and what it does is it actually works out 
For the best. For the best, because now you've got two missionaries mentoring two young guys rather than in, in, in separate ways rather than just two missionaries working together. So you have double the work being done. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul goes out with Silas, and of course Silas proves to be, you know, just an amazing, an amazing uh, young man and a missionary and somebody who can, you know, who can put up with any level of persecution that can be thrown at him. And so Paul had to eat his words. No, no, this is Silas. Oh, Paul Silas. Thing. Yeah, so he makes a good okay, choice yeah, yeah. with Silas. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've got the whole story of Paul and Silas singing in the jail in, the jail, in Philippi. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Been there. But what happened with John Mark? Slip that in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and John Mark goes with Barnabas and, you know, he has had a new experience with God and he does great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, what, what illustrates once again, we serve a God of second chances. That's right. And I guess I guess Paul had to learn that then and there. He did. He yeah. did. Yeah. <coughs> that, that God is more merciful than Paul was being himself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh and, and, and of course, um then further on in Paul's ministry he eats his words. Yeah. <laughs> Big yeah. time. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, John Mark's actually a really awesome guy. Yeah. Yum yum humble pie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's start eating. Get into it. You ever eaten humble pie like that, Mon? It's one of my uh, my favorite dishes, Lyle. I eat that stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a great humble pie recipe. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably something valuable for all of us to be mm-hmm. able to uh, admit, yes, when we are actually wrong. Um, now, of course, John Mark. There was the, you, know, you can see a little bit of uh, you know part of maybe the reason why Barnabas was a little bit more sympathetic and gave him a second chance was that he was actually. Uh, Barnabas's cousin. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they were related. So maybe he understood something about John Mark that Paul didn't. Yeah. 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 <coughs> but also different students um, blossom under different teachers as well. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's a couple of questions to think about. What main points does Luke want to stress concerning Barnabas and Paul's activities in Cyprus? That's a broad question covering 13 verses. What were the main things that come out here? Oh, I mean, a lot of it is like traveling from here to there and here to there. It's almost like they're giving us a map. But I mean, the big stuff was uh, this, this uh, Bar Jesus false sorcerer and the conversion of the governor, Sergius Paulus. Um, and yeah, and then the, the, uh, the John Mark leaving. Those were the big things, really, yeah. in, the, in, those, in those sections. Okay, here, here's something to think about then. You've got a situation here where there's a Jew who resisted the truth by Jesus, mm-hmm. while a Gentile accepts it, the governor. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think this can help us to understand why sometimes those of other Christian denominations are harder to reach with um, the truths of the Bible than those with no faith at all? Because this is—I'll just share with you. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go on. Uh, many times I have uh, you know stood up and presented Bible studies or, or presented the Word of God, and people from other faiths, mm-hmm. other Christian faiths, they hear something that is new for the first time. And it's absolutely crystal clear from the Bible. They know that it's true. They will tell me that they know it's true, and yet they resist it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I've got lots of people in the same audience who don't come from a Christian background. They're like, this is truth, and I'm doing it yep. today. Yep. You know, no make, why, why is it that we as Christians have hang-ups that um, non-Christians don't? Mm. I think there's a warning there for all of us. You know, myself included, that we are careful not to hang on to preconceived ideas when we study the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. You need to come to the Bible with an open mind. Read it, believe it, 
do what it says. Mm, and even though it might be attached to perhaps a, a lifestyle, um, you know, if we find out truth, greater truth, that, you know, leads to a different lifestyle, we adopt that. And this is where that recipe for humble pie comes in useful because I know there's been times when I've, you know, believed something from the Bible and I've, you know, even taught it from the Bible and later found out it was wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, oops, I'm going to eat some humble pie right now and, and I need to uh, apologize for this and, 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 and reveal, okay, this is what the Bible is actually teaching right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, something different. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to listen to Grego, Grego Pele with the call. And of course, if you'd like to hear him live, go to Toronto Adventist Church. Forgiving Life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. 
Welcome back to Faith FM. We can't tell you any more quiz clues because it got snapped up by a nine-year-old, Chloe from Jinjin, who got it before Lyle got it. And do you know what? what? And you are going to now put this on IG TV. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I haven't started recording yet. Okay. But what I do want to say is I was so happy about it. I laughed so hard. My throat hurts now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but good on you, Chloe from Jinjin. Yes, congratulations, Once again, Still very Chloe. pleased about that. We have come to our question of the day. We have indeed. Lyle, the question today is what is apostasy? Apostasy is something we sometimes hear about it on the news, like the mm-hmm. Islamic, something to do with over there. And then, I mean, I've heard it around, you know, usually said in like kind of hushed or angry or gossipy kind of tones. Someone's, I don't know, something to do with apostasy? What's apostasy? Okay, so apostasy is. Uh, comes from the Greek word, Greek, Greek word uh, which I won't try and pronounce, but very similar to apostasy. Uh, apostasia. Uh, oh, yeah. For all of our Greek friends. A defection or revolt, this is your definition, um, or is the formal disaffiliation from or abandonment or renunciation of a religion by a person. So there's your definition for apostasy. So um Renouncing a religion or renouncing a belief of that religion can be qualified as apostasy. So if you leave any religion, you're apostatizing? You're apostatizing from that religion. Okay. Yes. Um, so, for instance, if you go from, you know, and this is the famous one that we've got in our world right now because it's highlighted at the moment. If you go from Islam to Christianity, you are an apostate from Islam and a convert to Christianity. So apostasy and conversion um, often go together. So apostasy is not necessarily a bad thing then? No, 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 not at all. Oh, so I always have yeah. that in very negative connotations. Yeah. Yeah. Within, within the right context, it's, it's a very good thing because you become an apostate from uh, from this religion and a convert to this religion. And if that convert con- if that conversion is it, it results in you coming and finding Jesus Christ and experiencing a relationship with Jesus Christ, then yes, I'm going to say that that's a really positive thing right there. Okay, but what if you yourself, Lyle, what if you uh, you apostatize, you commit apostasy? Yeah, so I can apostatize from Christianity, which means that I would either leave Christianity altogether or I would leave certain tenets of Christianity. And, uh, you know, there's, there's always little things here and there that people will accuse you of apostasy. Oh, apostasy, apostasy. Lyle, did you hear that Lyle believes this or Lyle believes that? And that's, you know, that's, that's an apostate belief. Well, um, you know, those are usually um, small things that uh, people are, um, you know, they, they just get ticked off with someone and they're like, yeah, we'll find, an, find a, a theological oh. disagreement with them rather than, you know, because we can't attack uh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. who they are as a person or whatever it might be. That's the apostasy that I've heard about. Um, Have you ever been accused? Use of apostasy, yes. Lyle? Ooh, Lyle. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of it, too. <laughs> what did you do? You don't I, have to share. I, I, am, I have apostatized from certain unbiblical beliefs that other people held very, very dearly, and so they accused me of apostasy. Oh, I see. I see. So something, sometimes apostasy is something that you can uh, definitely be proud of. Okay, so sometimes your Bible study, your um, your your you know, your walk with God leads you to greater light, and you might have to let go of something you used to believe. Yes, that's right. And so you're apostatized from that, and then people who might still be believing in that will then accuse you of being a dirty old apostatizer. Did Did you know that in a bunch of countries in the world that apostasy is actually illegal? What? Seriously? And you know that that the, the has the death penalty for apostasy? But that's like that's like trying to control your mind. How can you tell yeah, them yeah, you can't change their mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Uh-huh. 
And uh, so I was just looking at it. I was just looking this up during the break, actually, when you mentioned that this uh, question had come through and uh, looking up some of the countries where it's a death penalty. So um, <gasps> Afghanistan, mm-hmm. probably not so surprising there. Brunei, mm-hmm. uh, that's supposed to be a very, very wealthy com- country. Comoros, Iran, Jordan, Kuwait. These are some of these countries I've been to. Uh, parts of Malaysia, uh, the Maldives, M- Mauritania, uh, Morocco, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia. Um, I just want to ask, the kind of apostasy that they're talking about, are they saying that once you've signed up for religion, you cannot change your mind? Or are they saying you cannot leave our religion? They're saying you cannot leave our religion. Oh, I see. Yeah, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, United Arab Emirates um, and Yemen. Now, you read some of those countries there like you know Sudan and Somalia and you know these are developing countries that are gripped with all kinds of internal strife. And so you can imagine them to have, you know, really, really repressive laws like this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, UAE, seriously? I feel like it's a... It's a, a they uh, need to come into the... It's a human right. They to, need to, to, need to come into, into, into 2018 and yeah. update their laws on, on apostasy because, you know, apostasy is something that um, God never allows us, never gives us the leeway to have the death penalty associated with. God always gives us freedom total freedom to choose any path that we want to choose, freedom of conscience. Mm -hmm. God never forces anyone because the moment you force someone in relationship to their conscience, love ceases to exist. It just just vanishes from that equation. It's driven from that equation. There is no love where uh, where religion is being enforced. So we should actually defend the right for people to apostatize, should they Absolutely. Feel I will fight to defend the right of anyone to apostatize. That is a right that is given to them by God himself. Well, there you go. I never thought that would be the answer, but there you have it. Faith FM's question of the day. me to the water to be baptized bury me with Jesus the crucified plunge me in the fountain and may I As a testimony of a work inside Jesus' blood has cleansed me And to new life He bids me rise I've come to the
to the water a beautiful song that song is from one of my all-time favorite albums pillars of our faith beautiful song lyle yes we're gonna give some stuff away yay always love to give stuff away yes okay so it's the end of our show we thank you so much for joining us this morning of course we'll be back tomorrow morning after the seven o'clock news if the news decides to play along yeah that's right (laughs) tracy weir is back yeah otherwise we'll just be back at seven o'clock tomorrow morning (laughs) but today we are giving away the path to peace Finding hope in a troubled world, and it certainly is a troubled world. We've been touched on that today, you know, with the conspiracy and the and the perversion of justice. Um, yes, that we were discussing, and so this is a great book uh, for for anyone who is whose mind is affected by that. And I think all of us do have you know an effect placed on us by these kinds. Yeah, of things. that's right. And uh, and so if you're the first person to call through one eight hundred Faith FM one eight hundred three two four eight four three, we will send you this book for free. On the back it says, "Keep your wants, your joys, your sorrows, your cares, and your fears before God. You cannot burden him. Burden him. You cannot weary him. Mm-hmm. He who numbers the hairs on your head is not indifferent to the wants of his children. His heart of love is touched by our sorrows and even by our utterances of them. There is no chapter in our experience too dark for him to read. There is no perplexity too difficult for him to unravel. No calamity can." before the least of his children no anxiety hits the soul no joy cheer no sincere prayer escape the lips of which our heavenly father is unobservant or in which he takes no immediate interest take to him everything that perplexes the mind nothing is too great for him to bear for he holds up worlds he rules over all the affairs of the universe nothing that in any way concerns our peace is too small for him to notice wow it's beautiful. It's actually one of my favorite yes. quotes from this author. and that's Fantastic it. book right there. Highly recommend this to anybody out there. I've read it many times yes. myself. And uh, if you are just wanting to have peace in your life, then give us a call on 1-800-324-843. Be the first caller through. And uh, this book is yours to have. We have enjoyed your company here on Faith FM this morning. Look forward to 